Well, welcome everyone again to another edition of Troy Talks podcast. Uh, I'm excited to uh, have uh, another uh, interview. I'm sure it's going to be powerful and great. Uh, my uh, guest I want to introduce uh, to you today, uh, he is uh, an investor. Uh, he's also a, a growth consultant. Uh, he uh, buys and grows businesses. Uh, and if uh, you are in a need of an exit or expansion, he is the guy you need to connect with. Uh, he's a graduate of University of Central Florida. Uh, we connected on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and I want to uh, present to some and introduce to others, Khalil Stoltz. Uh, Khalil, man, thank you for being here. Thank you for this uh, interview. We finally got we finally got this interview. Uh, and, and before we get started and he gets to talking, we, we, we were supposed to have this at least two other times and just things came up. And so we're finally able to get it going. Khalil, thank you for joining, man. Go ahead. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you are, and something that people may not know about you. That's not even on your profile. Something that uh, uh, is memorable that we may not know about you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Troy. I'm uh, excited to be here. Um, yes, uh, I'm an investor uh, as well as a growth consultant, uh, driving growth um, for uh, for businesses. Um, some things that may not be on my profile. Um, married for nearly nine years now, um, and I have three boys. Um, three bouncing uh, baby boys um, in the household. So a uh, few things about me uh, right there. Um, I'm also a professional saxophonist outside of uh, my other entrepreneurial ventures. So, Wow. So professional saxophonist. That's interesting. How did, how did you get uh, in, in, in the music uh, uh, industry? Yeah. So it, I actually started uh, in college, ironically, um, when I first uh, began learning saxophone. Um, and quickly, uh, I mean, practiced very intensely, uh, began to start playing professionally within a few years, you know, weddings, hotels, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, uh, ironically, some of the uh, very similar methods that I use to get wedding gigs are part of kind of my wheelhouse now, what I do to drive uh, growth from a sales, marketing, business development perspective. You know, that was going to be my next question. I wanted you to, uh, I, that was going to be my very next question. Uh, I was going to say, uh, can't, can't relate with us what is being a professional saxophone player mm -hmm. in wood business. So what is it, some comparisons that people could, you you use, it's the same in business. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> uh, no, that, that's a great question. Um, there, there are quite a few, I would say, that where you can find parallels, if you will. Um, as a musician, you need to be prepared. Okay. Um, as a musician, not only just be prepared, but uh, be willing and, uh, and able to improvise, right? That's a big component um, when it comes to, you know, to business, right? And you can imagine how that applies as a saxophonist, right? Mm -hmm. Improvisation, but um, when it comes to your business endeavors, right, you want to be able to be nimble, right? When things come that are unexpected or and so forth, how can you effectively move forward, right? And continue to grow um, through unexpected scenarios, right? So, uh, and that can happen as a musician, right? While you're right. playing, performing, right? Key changes, whatever the, ca the case may be in the playing environment. I've had scenarios as a musician where, you know, we've shown up and we might have one playlist, um, you know, situated that we wanted to perform and say, you know what, based on 
the ambiance or so forth of the evening, you know what, we're going to go a different direction and be ready and willing to, to show up and perform. Um, you'll find a lot of opportunities like it, it, for that to happen. Right. In your business endeavors, for sure. <laughs> All right. So number one is being prepared. Yeah. Now, uh, this is huge because I, I've heard someone say uh, that the key to confidence is preparation. I would agree. Yeah. So w- when you say being prepared, mm-hmm. how can business owners be prepared? What is it that they need to do to be prepared in what areas and what focus? Great question. Um, I would think in a few, in a few key ways um, and to keep this in mind, right? Being prepared isn't just about making yourself ready for known scenarios or known okay. challenges. Being prepared is also about, again, um, being ready to effectively tackle the unknowns as well. Um, so some things that one could do to be prepared, research and study, right? Study your niche, study your craft, study your market. Um, and, and not just textbook study, but, you know, review what people in your market like, what are they drawn to, right? From a marketing perspective, that's going to help you to speak their language, right? For higher sales and marketing success. Um, so you can research, right? You can be reading books. I'm, I'm an avid reader. Um, I've probably read over uh, close to 10 to 12 books already this year, right? We're just starting, you know, we're getting through April. So uh, I'm a big reader. Um, I make, ha- I build habits around learning. Um, you know, even if it's just, you know, downloading the Kindle app on your phone so that way you can read on the go. If you're at a red light while driving, read, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, find places you can implement learning, listening to podcasts from, you know, entrepreneurs you may look up to that do what you do or what you aspire to do. Um, So I fill a lot of my free time with learning. Um, Those are some great ways to be prepared, right? Um, Beyond your own experiences, right? Most people prepare to, based on what they've experienced themselves. Right. What you've experienced up to this point may not be what's necessary to get you where you wanna be. So you can leverage the experiences of others, reading, podcasts, mentorships, right? Consultants, getting help. Um, those are all amazing ways to stay ahead of the curve um, when it comes to your, uh, your business endeavors. And, 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 you know, a couple of things that, you know, made me think about when you just said this, number one is uh, uh, back to preparation. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a minister. Okay. And yep. so I've been with the same pastor for 32 years. He's been pastoring the same church for 39 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he taught us is to always be prepared. Now you 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 from a musician, so you cannot you we both can relate from this. Yeah, and yeah. so one of the things he always taught us, you know, to be prepared. And so, uh, you know, one of the stories he said when he when he was growing up, uh, he 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 was uh, uh, born in the fifties, but so when in the seventies, uh, late seventies and uh, early eighties, uh, their pastor used to come in sometime and uh, especially like a Sunday night and said look at somebody's service going on and they just sitting there. I want you to preach on the spot like that, you know? So, so they were taught to be prepared. So yep. he always taught us, you know, to be prepared. And there's been a couple of times. I remember one, uh, one Sunday morning, uh, a new pastor was out of town and we got some other ministers, but normally I'm the one to speak on Sunday mornings when he's out. Mm-hmm. And so I taught Sunday school and then the deacon told me, Oh, 
you know you preaching this morning? No, I, I guess so now. And that was like <laughs> service service started at 11. He told me like 1030. I know exactly. now. And so, uh, I, I, but I was prepared, you know. And so, so the, the key to that is, is preparation. Now, there may be some other ministers would be, they would be sweating, maybe nervous, yeah. you know, something like that. But I'm always prepared. And so it, that's the key to that. But another thing that you said, uh, you were saying, uh, and, I, I, and I, I, I ministered a message, this title, and this is what made me think about that when you just said it, expect the unexpected. Yes. You, you know, like you said, sometimes being prepared is not about, about things we know is going to happen. It's the things that we, we should anticipate yeah. because it's a business, it's life, things happen. And so uh, many times they shouldn't catch us by surprise, but sometimes they do. Yep. Um, you mentioned improvise. Mm -hmm. So how do people in business improvise? Great question. Um, uh, I believe this, uh, and this can, this applies, if you can, if you're, if those are listening, willing to believe this, this applies to whether you're an introvert, whether you are, you've had no prior experiences in a given arena, this still applies. So I want to challenge those listening to, to kind of consider that point as we, as I begin to share some thoughts on this. So um, how to improvise. I think what it comes down to is paying attention to learn how you learn. Okay. One needs to come to an understanding on how they effectively learn. If you train yourself, and I'm going to use, go back to a music example here in a, a second to mirror this, um, but if you can begin to condition yourself to be okay with discomfort, make discomfort the norm. If you can be progressive in that format, when new things come to you, it's habitually you'll be in a place where you think of yourself as a problem solver and you're not you know, caught off guard or shaken up um, or, or dismantle it, if you will, because, you know, something unique happens. So to use an example from music, one thing I used to do um, is, you know, most people learn in a linear fashion, mm -hmm. meaning I got to learn point A, right, and learn it, learn it, learn it, perfect it before I move on to point B, mm -hmm. so forth down the line. What I tend to do, and I apply this to music, I apply this to other areas when I'm learning something new, I begin to fortify point A, mm -hmm. build habits around point A, but I'm also spending dedicated time to expose myself to B, C, and D. Okay. To, in, to next steps. Gotcha. Because that helps to more effectively formulate point A, the step that mm -hmm. I'm on currently. Mm -hmm. It helps to learn it faster because now you're testing application. Mm -hmm. right and getting feedback as quickly as possible is pivotal when it comes to learning and these are key to being able to improvise mm -hmm. right because you're creating fluidity right it's called divergent thinking as opposed to linear thinking right so linear thinking is for example looking at you know like the peanut right mm -hmm. and saying there's one application for the peanut mm -hmm. whereas i'm sure you've heard you know george washington carver who found 300 uses for the peanut right. that's divergent thinking right because you do it so much and you expose yourself in that particular way, you're training yourself to have the habit of being able to effectively recreate, to improvise, to pivot on, on a dime, if you will, and do so efficiently. So, so in order to successfully improvise, to reiterate, I would focus on learning how you learn and yeah. learn in a fashion that is not linear, but choose to expose yourself throughout your development to higher levels 
of that craft, of that skill set to stretch you. So that way you're learning and you're in your execution are more fluid. So well, a couple of things. What's number one is uh, I'm going to quote you and I like the quote. So uh, when I do a post, I'm going to tag you in the post, but make Perfect. discomfort the norm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right. So, so, so if I'm hearing and understanding it correctly, uh, get out of the comfort zone. So most of us comfortable in, in the comfort zone. So become uh, 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 discomfort in, being in, in the, become comfortable being in the uncomfortable zone. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But also yeah. um, you, you, you kind of made me think about something. So most, many people, I, I guess would say, tend to get paralyzed in trying to learn. Whereas you is, you're learning but you are still moving forward and growing. And it's kind of like me. I can't, uh, I, I learn more by doing and getting involved in, and in, because in, in, if you, you could tell me something, you could teach me something, uh, uh, I hear it, but until I actually get in and start doing it and make mistakes, and that's mistakes. how I learn it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's how I learn it, yyah uh, and, and I, I agree with you. Some people, uh, you have to learn what's your best way, but don't get, paralyzed by sticking oh i've got to perfect this to move on uh yeah i, I would even add to that right um, um it, most people think of perfection as flawlessness perfection just means maturity it means development true correct correct is to develop so right. i mean again the thought process really is around it transition the priority of being something done with flawlessness to i need to learn and yeah. when that priority sh shifts to that, you're more willing to say, all right, you know, in riding a bike as an example, let's just get the bumps and bruises out the way. Yeah. I'm not scared anymore, right? Yeah. I remember in college, you know, for me, my first job, I chose a commission, 100% commission sales job. Mm -hmm. The reason I did that up front as one of my first jobs was because I wanted to expose myself to the quote unquote fear, mm -hmm. right? And I felt my thought process was, is if I could do that up front and no longer be scared, then I can do anything after that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I would always encourage, just tackle it, go, go run straight to it. Right. Don't jump around it or try to avoid it. Go ahead and get your bruises out the way. Cause after that, you'll be far more effective. Now you'll be able to operate without fear. Thank you. Uh, Khalil, let me, uh, let me ask this question. Um, you may mention about uh, research. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, let me before I because because I'm going to ask you some more about reading books, and I, I think I'm going to ask that on the end because I want to ask ask you something in particular about that. Sure. One of the other things you said was being nimble. Yep. Give us a little bit more uh, insight or more clarity on being nimble. Yeah. In other words, uh, learn to be to be flexible, not overly rigid. You should. There are things you should be rigid on certain disciplines and so forth. But in application and execution, learn to be, to be able to be fluid in response and also in preparation. So this is both proactively and reactively uh, in, a, in such a way that you can you know, execute effectively. And it, I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm a big sports fan. I love basketball. One of my favorite players was you know, Michael Jordan. Okay. Right? If you're not familiar with Michael Jordan, one of his signature moves was the fade was known as the fadeaway jump shot. Right. True. He's actually jumping away from, you know, away mm -hmm. from the basket to shoot the shot. But you realize he did that as a response to what was happening with the defense. 
right? Now, that shot doesn't happen by chance. He practices that shot over and over again in his personal practice time, in gym time, that sort of thing. Why? So that way he knows when certain scenarios come up in live execution time, i.e. the game, he's able to execute it with confidence, such to the point where if it's time, if a few seconds left on the clock Mm -hmm. and this one shot decides who wins or loses, he's taking that shot with all confidence, despite what we feel as though would be a ton of pressure for most people, because he prepared to be nimble. He prepared to be fluid before the fact. So, and that comes apart again, back to the research, right? The more you can expose yourself to the, to the possibilities of what could happen, the more you can prepare for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and you know, when you said that about Michael Jordan, uh, you know, practicing a shot, I thought about preparation. Yep. He was prepared, uh, you know, and, and, and he was a, a, a fierce competitor. Now, he improvised a lot. Uh, he improvised even with the players he had. You know, he yep. never had a big, true center. Yep. You know, uh, everybody were, you know, they were probably typically maybe second string, to be honest with the centers that he had. Uh, but, but he always improvised with the players and was able to win six championships. Correct. Uh, uh, at that. Yeah, right. right. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so uh, so I, I'm a big sports fan, too. So uh, uh, but I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, now, I don't know if you was a Bulls fan. I know you was a Jordan fan, but uh, but I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> I, get you. I, I'm a, I was a Lakers fan, too. Right. Okay. You know, um, uh, we'll have that discussion later. Not yes, we will, because we, we really get deep. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but he was, you know, he made preparation. He he prepared. Uh, and many of those great players are ones that are always making preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the preparation, improvising, uh, and being nimble uh, are the key habits that you're saying not only in music, but also in business. And these are things that can help uh, relate people um, on both sides or life. I mean, really, uh, you know, th- these are things you could use in life, you know, uh, preparation, improvising to be nimble. Now, you talked about research and reading books. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite um, mode? Is it uh, physical books? Is it uh, audible or is it a uh, kindle and why uh my favorite is, are um physical books okay um that's my preferred okay um why it's tangible um i feel as though you know it, it's um as opposed to being on a screen i yeah. what is ideal for me i can you know jot down notes right there on the page right um now with that being said kindle is the most convenient Mm-hmm. right you can still leave notes with kindle you can highlight things so it does have extra features mm-hmm. to help promote additional learning like i can go and search my highlights right correct I read a book and I'm like dang i'm trying to remember this thing where how yeah. do i find yeah. it yeah i can search that on kindle like yeah. search keyword and find that page that i was thinking about so in all those ways those are uh, you know kindle has huge benefits yeah and again it just makes it easier i like to let's say if i'm driving Mm-hmm. At a stoplight, I'm, I'm gonna even if I could read half a page, mm-hmm. the light turns that adds up. Gotcha. If you're driving somewhere day every single day, before you know it, you've read X amount of books, right? So, and that's just a lot more convenient with Kindle compared to you know. Let me break out my whole book. Right. Night, right? True. So, um, so they have their unique functions. I do listen to a ton of podcasts mm-hmm. um, as well. 
practice the podcast, sermons, et cetera, um, audibly. Um, so whether that's YouTube or some, you know, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so highly suggest that as well. Uh, but I would say they all work in conjunction with one another. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, if, if I had a preference, I, I would prefer a physical book. Yeah. However, when I had, when I was reading physical books, I would have six, seven books in my bag. Many times I'm reading multiple books. Yeah. Yep. Well, with Kindle, I can have, I got about, I have about 400 books in my Kindle, yeah. uh, you know, so, so I can read more. But, but, but I think what, what you, you touched on, it was the big thing for me for the Kindle was the highlights, but not only can I yeah. highlight, take notes, I can uh, go in the back, back, uh, back, uh, back office of my Kindle and copy all those notes and highlights and put in a Word document. And if I want to teach a seminar or something, wow. I got it. That's what, that's what, that, that was huge for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, that was huge. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, say, you know, uh, uh, there's a saying that repetition is the mother of learning. Yeah. Right? So if you can go back and recount that information, mm -hmm. if you will, right. be able to meditate on it. That's how it develops more efficiently within you. So, yeah, tools like that, you know, to be able to take those notes, port it over quickly, yeah. definitely does make uh, things more convenient. True. So let me ask you. Mm -hmm. Now, this number, I'm not locking you in, okay? Yeah. But top three podcasts you listen to. Oh, um, <laughs> top three podcasts. I, I jump around quite a bit. I'll, I'll definitely say... I listen to a ton of, you know, biblically based teachings and so forth. Okay. Okay. Uh, so listen to quite a few of those in terms of business podcasts. Um, I, I'll give some people that I follow. I love okay. listening to Jay Abraham. Okay. Um, if you guys haven't heard about Jay Abraham, he's one of the great marketer. Yeah. Phenomenal marketer. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he's, he works alongside and in some ways coaches guys like Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he's consulted companies like Icy Hot, right, and a ton of other major, you know, enterprises. Okay. Just driven massive growth through his mm -hmm. strategy. So um, I would definitely check out Jay Abraham to listen to his stuff. Okay. Ton of stuff on Spotify. Um, um, who are a few others I can give you? Um, from me, I'm a business investor. I acquire businesses. So mm -hmm. on YouTube, I listen to guys like Jeremy Harbor and Roland Frazier. Um, those are two. Um, entrepreneurs who have a big focus on business acquisition. So I listen mm -hmm. to them often. Um, there's a ton of other ones I'd put under that umbrella, like Nick, uh, Nick Bradley, also another business acquisition focused entrepreneur. Um, so those are some ones I listen to. Uh, but even if currently you aren't acquiring businesses, the business principle that you will get from those kind of conversations mm -hmm. will definitely, I, I believe, elevate a lot of folks listening to this. So um, if you don't or I never considered acquisition as a growth strategy or mm -hmm. mergers and so forth. I would, even if you're what you would consider small, I would highly, you know, advise looking into that as adding that as a tool in your entrepreneurial toolbox, if you will. So but those are a few I would. Uh, gotcha. I would now, a couple of names of the biblical base you listen to. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, uh, I love listening to Bill Winston. Okay. Um, he's a big one. Um, there's one uh, preacher, unfortunately, he passed about four or five years ago. His name is Bishop Ben Jabert. Okay. Um, huge kingdom business-based principal. Okay. Uh, you know, he was an auto executive, you know, one of the largest auto companies in the world. 
um, before pastoring. I mean, he was, you know, in industry making over a million dollars a year. Wow. Okay. So uh, he's one person I listen to a lot, uh, a lot of his teaching. Um, And then, you know, my local church, um, I go to church called Action Church. Okay. Um, So that's, you know, I I listen to a ton of that stuff too. Okay. Um, But those are some examples. There are a few others, but I would throw out there to uh, to listen to, you know, guys like Winston would definitely help build your faith. um, Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, cause I see when I have these interviews and I don't always ask, uh, that type of question, but you mentioned, you listen to a lot of podcasts. And so, so that's the reason why I ask, you know, these pot, what are your top ones? Okay. And since you're a reader, top three books, top three books, um, uh, now Bible, of course, without, you know, uh, and I don't say that just from the, I mean, really, uh, if you can have a consistency in reading that every day and not only reading that, but allow it to be alive in your life. That's it. There's, there's no substitute. Right? There's Correct. Definitely. So if I could give some, uh, some other books that could be applied, you know, business wise, Jay Abraham's got a mm-hmm. slew of books, you know, getting everything you can out of all you've got. Okay. Great one by Jay Abraham. Uh, another one from um, Jeremy Harbor is go do deals. So okay. he actually breaks down why an entrepreneur should consider acquisition as a growth strategy and how to go about it, even if you don't have capital of your own. Um, so uh, Go Do Deals by Jeremy Harbour um, is a great one. Um, there's Launch by, uh, by Jeff Walker. Um, okay. He talks about how to effectively launch products online, right? You know, to email lists and so forth. So that's a big one as well. Uh, and one that I'm starting to work on now is uh, question-based selling. Question-based selling is a that's an old book. book. I have that one. Oh, you have it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have that one. Yeah, that's an old book. And one thing I noticed about your the the one that I asked you both questions, uh, uh, Jay Abraham, and then yeah. uh, the other guy. You you read the books and listen to the podcast. Correct. So, yeah. It, sorry, it yeah. Noticed, right. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, and my pen stopped writing, so I couldn't write it down. But I do have the recording, so I go back and get these this information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know that's huge. You know because you know you you mentioned YouTube, you mentioned podcasts, you mentioned books, and so uh, you like me, you're a constant student, uh, constant learning. Yes. What are some tips that you could share that causes you to? listen to the uh, the podcast, read the books, and be able to take action or apply these? What are some tips or strategies that you have to implement some of these? Yeah, great question. Um, here's, uh, I'm going to frame it this way. I, I often challenge, you know, either an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur. Um, I want you to look at your calendar and how it's set up. Let's say you're a business owner, you have X amount of things you do throughout the day. I challenge folks typically to think about whatever goal they have for the next 12 months, five years, whatever the case is, whatever financial goal, business growth goal, look at your calendar. What most people tend to do, if we talk about, okay, how can we get to that goal faster or more efficiently? Here's what most people do. They try to look at their calendar and find more ways they could add more work. Got it. Here's what I challenge, and this is going to answer your question on how to go about, you know, applying, you know, listening to podcasts and so forth. Now, imagine whatever growth goal you have for your revenue, for your business, as opposed to having 12 months, what if you only had six months to accomplish it? The same goal, 
without changing the goal. Now let's take that a step further. Look at your calendar. And as opposed to adding more time to work, what if you had half the amount of time per day to get that work done? So if you had half the amount of calendar months, half the amount of working hours per day, how would you still hit the same goal? And this begins to bring about realization of what you should focus on. There's right. an old saying that, and this is actually a, a script, a proverb in the Bible, where it said typically that if one needs to cut down a tree, mm -hmm. a portion of your time should be focused on cut, sharpening your ass. Right. Right. And there's a, and this is paraphrased this way. I think, I can't recall, I think it was, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln that paraphrased it this way, but he said, if I have six hours to cut down a tree, I'm spending two hours sharpening my axe. Right. I think it was more than that. Yeah, he, he did. I think it was more than that, but I, I get what you're saying. Yes. Principle, right. So yeah, right. I, I bring all that to say when, how do you motivate yourself, quote unquote, or get to the point where you can effectively do these things more consistently? When you realize, when you have that mindset, mm -hmm. you'll realize what's priority. You'll realize, okay, it's not about working harder or more sometimes. It's really mm -hmm. about how can I be sharper? Got how it. Can I be more efficient. Learning is a key way to, the time you spend in learning has an ROI. It's a key way to reduce the time it takes to execute and reach goals. Because if you can operate with more efficiency, you mm -hmm. reduce the necessity of labor, right? So, and keeping that in mind is something I found really helps to keep that as a prior learning as a priority. So let me ask you this from what you just said, and, and you tell me if I'm if I'm uh, on point, mm -hmm. it sounds like you are discussing uh, the 12 week year. You've heard of that book. I've heard that. I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. OK. That, that's what it sounds like. The concept is. And so basically there's they're saying uh, narrow it down and, and put the effort and energy in a quarter. Uh, and do it in a quarter spurts and you accomplish uh, more in a year, you can accomplish in yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, would say, I would say the caveat there that for, from my perspective would be as opposed, how can we do that without more effort? Right, and I heard you say that. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That's a key question. Right, yeah. Very Not clear. more effort, more efficiency. Correct. How do Got we it. do it with less effort is really yeah. the question. Right, yes, yes. That's how billionaires operate. True. I mean, I tell folks all the time, right? You know, uh, Bill Gates isn't at the cash register bringing stuff up, right? right. See what I'm saying? Sam <laughs> yeah. Walton, yeah. Walton family who owns Walmart and so forth. You don't see any of their family members at this point. Right. You know, opening up the next aisle for you to walk through, you know, to get your, your stuff purchased, right? Leverage, right? right? But the most efficient way to get there is how do you boil down on the most and this is the, you know, most people may have heard of the 80-20 rule. Yes. I've heard, yeah. 80, which means that 80% of your results are actually coming from 20% of the things you actually focus on. Now, what if you put more focus on that 20% that's producing mm -hmm. results? Right. So that means if you wanted to double, really, you could just spend, take 20% off of the 80%, add it to the most efficient part. So now you spend 100% of your time on 40% that produces most of the results. Hopefully that doesn't sound too confusing, right? But in essence, if you can visualize that, spending more time on the highest yielding activities is going to get you further than just trying to increase activity. Yeah. And you know, that 80-20 uh, that rule also applies in so many areas, uh, even in church. The, st yeah. the st statistics show 
that 20% of the people do 80% of the work and give 80% of the money. Correct. Uh, yeah. And so that same 80-20 rule uh, applies across Everywhere. the board. Yeah. And I'll, I'll frame it this way, right? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom. Yes. And it's righteous, righteousness and all things are added. added to, yep. 80-20. Yeah. What I need to be focusing on primarily. Seeking right? God. That's it. Yeah. Right? And then God. everything else is it. That's added. added. You see what I'm True. saying? Like, so, I like that. I, I like that. That's it. That's the 80-20 rule, right? I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, you. It, I, I joke, but you know, when when the Israelites walked across dry land in the middle of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. How many buckets would you need <laughs> to make dry ground ground on right. the sea? Yeah. Hey, right. How many, time, how many people would you need? Yeah. How many buckets would you have to to scoop right. up right to get to the point where that sea is dry? Yes. You could do it that way, or from a biblical perspective, obey God. Right. Moses, lift your hand. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? It's right. the part that gets all the results. Right. Right. As a, as a kingdom entrepreneur, your trigger is obedience. That's your advantage in the marketplace. And, and, and to your point, um, to your point about, um, you know, a God told uh, Moses mm-hmm. uh, to use what he had mm-hmm. uh, and what he had was the rod. Yep. And uh, he told him to stand still and see the salvation. So I go back to the, what would you do? Uh, it goes back to when uh, Abraham Lincoln said he would prepare sharpening the ax. Yep. So instead of f- f- scooping up water, they was preparing through yep. the rod, which is the word of God. That's right. what he was telling them to stretch out on the word of God. I can get real deep in that. I, 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 <laughs> I hear you You're preaching. Uh, <laughs> But but I, I, you made me think about something also. Uh, you said something uh, about Sam Walton and uh, Bill Gates. Uh-huh. Now, I'm under persuasion. Uh, I agree 100% that mm-hmm. they don't go run a cash register or mm-hmm. Bill Gates is not going selling computers. But I think it's huge if those leaders would go into those. Set an example. Right. Yeah. Once or twice a year and yeah. go on the floor and work with the people. I think it would impress and people would really, oh, oh uh, he came and worked today and he encouraged me, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I think it would be huge. Yes. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree. But even that would go back to 80-20 rule, right? That's True. a lot of leadership, right? Yeah. If, you're, if you're familiar with John Maxwell, him yeah. edifying and building up his team. Yes. And most people say this, right? You know, a, a great company is built on, you know, satisfied customers, but really it's more so I've heard that people say that, but I truly believe great companies are built on great teammates, right? Built with great staff and great it, people who are fed. So in essence, that even applies to the 80-20 rule, right? For him, if he can focus on the thing that gets the most results, right? As a business owner, it's you lead properly leading your team, right? If you can focus on things, those triggers, which i.e. in your example, you know, Sam Walton or, you know, someone from the Walton family going to visit, you know, a, an actual store location, that boosts morale, right? Which boosts yeah. productivity, et cetera. Yeah. 100%. It still applies. Now, you made me think about two things. So we're going to go a little bit, little bit longer because you made me think about two things. So the one thing was you made me think about was I forgot now. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I had two points. Okay. So let me think. One of those, we're, we're talking about uh, 80-20. Oh, so do you think, you, you said it. So mm-hmm. many companies says, uh, put the focus on the customers, not that you shouldn't. 
Right. So do you think that if you put a more energy and focus and taking care on the people that work for you, mm-hmm. you get better results because they are have the mindset and the attitude to take care of the customer. Am, am I hearing you correctly? Uh, I, I would say it's, it, I, I really think something is either or. In both. this example, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a both and scenario. Yes. So in this example, yes, you want to absolutely focus on, you know, customer feedback because that's what drives your product and your services, right? right? You know, you're able to supply them with what is a match and a fit for your market because you, you've gathered their feedback. Right. So that is absolutely important and critical. Uh, but also along with that feeding and developing your team, right, is going to set your, your capacity level. Your team, if you have a team, right, your team sets the growth potential. At the end of the day. Of, yeah. And one of the reasons why I asked that, I remember working for a major uh, uh, wireless retailer. Yep. And uh, I used to say, I said, you know, we have these surveys mm-hmm. uh, which for customers. Yep. And I said, the, I said, the problem that I have with y'all, you guys do not take surveys and listen to the, your, your people who are on yep. the front line, who's uh, the troops on the front line, and you don't listen and take heed. You make a lot of decisions from a corporate standpoint, yeah. not here on the battlefield. And so, therefore, you have low mor- 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 morale. And my philosophy was, if you make sure your people are taken care of, make sure they're heard, make sure uh, they are listened to then they will come with an attitude and a mindset that they're going to wow the customer because they know that you have their back. That was my, right. and nobody never listened to me, but, but, but that was, that was uh, my philosophy. And uh, I, one person picked it up uh, was Simon Sinek. And yeah. I was uh, listening to him. I was listening to him on a, uh, a, a leadership uh, live, uh, John Maxwell leadership live. And he was talking about uh, many employers, want to fire a person, especially if they're in a sale position and sales drop off and they start putting fear. Well, you need to get it together. If don't, we're going to let you go. And he said, many times is it something personal. And if people would just come and bring them in the office, have right. a conversation, Hey, what is it going on? You know, uh, oh, anyway, I can help. Yeah. You know? And so, so yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big people believe in, you know, people taking, uh, taking care of people. Yes, definitely. yeah, 100%, especially from a, a sales perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, I also have a, you know, a background as a corporate sales trainer and, to, and sales coach as well. Um, and uh, I, I often stress this, that one of the core keys to improving sales performance is a consistent life outside of the office. If you can build consistency outside the office, you're going to see consistency in the office. Yeah. And that is very telling what you just mentioned. Yeah. When something's seems to be off all of a sudden yeah you're right it, it's typically something out of the office and unfortunately yes especially bigger companies tend to you know old especially older companies bigger mm-hmm. companies they tend to yes look at it more from an ultimatum perspective and get it yeah. together or else right very few actually have a sit down conversation and say hey what's going on right they don't value that unfortunately when really that is the again 80 20 rule that's that little thing that would help to shift things in the right direction more so. Right. True. So 100%. Yeah. 
Well, Khalil, look, man, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. You, you, you see, we, we, I remember, remember I told you how I do my, my, my uh, it's a conversation, it's an interview, yeah. we're just going on. And see, we could keep going on and on. We could start talking about, we could get on basketball and talk four hours, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if we're talking about uh, the Bulls against the Knicks and John Starks and, 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 um, and those man. battles. So. <laughs> oh, so we could go on and on but anyway man uh i really really appreciate you taking the time to, out of your schedule uh to sharing some insights to my audience uh any final thoughts uh, other than that uh, i i challenge people to whether again you're an entrepreneur aspiring entrepreneur uh or so forth uh don't be afraid to jump out there feedback is going to be the and data are going to be the fastest you know, tools to helping you grow, right? Put yourself out there, put the offer out there, get feedback, reiterate, do it again. Um, and the faster you do that, the faster you get through the bumps and the bruises and so forth, the faster you'll see results as you learn through that process. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, I help entrepreneurs uh, to drive growth. Um, I also acquire investing companies. Uh, if any of that, uh, those things are something that you feel that you need help with, reach out to me via LinkedIn. Um, you can find me via my name, Khalil Stoltz, um, or type in my custom LinkedIn URL, ready for growth now, um, after LinkedIn, you know, slash ready for growth now. So, um, you know, happy to help and have a conversation from there. Awesome, Khalil. Thank you. I, that was going to be my next point. Uh, share how they can connect with you. So you went right into it. Uh, but again, everyone, thank y'all for uh, listening again. Uh, when this episode comes out, I hope you really uh, check it out. Please, when you when you listen to it, uh, uh, give us some feedback. Give us uh, uh, rate us, review, and give us some feedback. Share it. Uh, reach out to Khalil uh, if you got questions and you or, or you want to work with him, uh, or can, you know, or you can come through me. Say, hey, I heard this uh, podcast with Khalil. Y'all was talking about the Bulls and uh, <laughs> basketball and everything else. I want to connect with him, and I'll make sure you get to him. Uh, well, Khalil, again, man, thank you for uh, taking the time to, to sit down with me and have this interview. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be another great podcast that my audience will enjoy. Uh, well, everyone, thank you all for listening. Thank you for uh, checking us out. I hope you have a great day and an awesome rest of your week. Mm -hmm.